Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach to Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, a strong and powerful Jason Javer. Jason, are you ready to do this? I am. Thanks so much for having me, George. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Jason is the managing partner at Vista Homes. He is the host of the Charlotte Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm excited to have you on. Jason, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, thanks again uh, for having me, and I'm excited to be here. And a little bit about myself, I run a business here called Vista Homes. We do uh, roughly $20 million in revenue a year. Um, We are in real estate development and construction, and we specialize in uh, infill development. So within a few miles of Uptown Charlotte, we kind of have some core neighborhoods that we focus on. Uh, We're kind of like in that middle market for development and construction. Um, we, you know, tend to do projects that are around anywhere from two to 15 units. So if you have a piece of land, then you might be able to build two homes or, you know, a small, you know, set of townhomes. And we kind of are in the middle niche where we're, you know, larger than a mom and pop builder, but um, smaller than a national regional builder. So kind of like our unique approach and kind of like the niche infill market here in Charlotte has been really strong with Uh, you know, people moving down here from uh, the Northeast and the Midwest and millennials in general, uh, general, which looking for um, opportunities to buy versus renting um, has really kind of helped develop the business. I appreciate that. There's probably some folks coming from all the way from California as, as, as well, I'm sure. Yeah, we are. We're seeing people from all over and I feel like, um, you know, we're fortunate um, that, you know, I guess through the the pandemic and everything else that, uh, you know, the demand's been strong. And I think that people are looking to, you know, Charlotte has a lot to offer in terms of, you know, a place that um, has pretty good climate. And then also is just going to be a little bit more affordable than some of your, you know, larger cities or California that's more expensive. So it gets a nice mix of people that are, you know, looking for a few different things. Yeah. I appreciate that. So how did you get started building homes? Yeah, I started out um, as a real estate investor. I was working uh, nights and weekends on it. I had a full-time job, and it kind of was just like an evolution. So the first, you know, we started out doing smaller renovations. Then we were doing some larger renovations, additions, and kind of stumbled into our first new construction project, and it went really well. Um, And then we just kind of, we, we liked the idea that there's a little bit more predictability versus renovating homes. We felt like at this time in the market, um, you know, the market was starting to come back for new construction around 2013, 2014. Um, and that's kind of when we first did our first couple projects and we just kind of gravitated towards the business model and the areas that we were uh, looking to do business in. So um, it wasn't really something where, you know, my whole life I've been dreaming about building new homes and doing development. It was just something where like we saw an opportunity and kind of kept tweaking, kept growing and eventually just kind of found our niche and, and what made the most sense for us as a business. Yeah, I certainly appreciate that. And I, I don't know the numbers behind this or the percentages or anything like that, but I have to imagine that thanks to HGTV and other, you know, just TV shows, sort of reality shows when it comes to real estate, that there are a lot of folks 
that have tried to do what you successfully did to just get into it, uh, but then didn't make it. To what do you attribute your success? Yeah, that's a great point. I think the the success that we've had is because we realized that uh, pretty early on that you have to add value in real estate. So to your point, people watch HGTV and they think, oh, this is so easy and it's so glamorous. But, um, you know, we realized really quickly that we had to add value. So for us, our value proposition is that we um, really like understand the local zoning really well. We purchase uh, pretty much all of our properties off market. Um, so we're kind of leveraging our ability and our marketing techniques to um, get in touch with people that are looking to sell. And then also kind of our knowledge, intimate knowledge of zoning, we're able to kind of maximize sites. So through those kind of couple of techniques, we've kind of formed our competitive advantage and which has kind of allowed us to kind of carve out our niche in the market. Yeah, that certainly does make sense. It's like, uh, <laughs> as I'm thinking about it, I have to imagine that a lot of folks who, who do watch those shows and think that, well, I, I can definitely do that. They're probably more focused on creating value for themselves and trying to create as much margin of profit for themselves versus how can I really bring value to the marketplace and to, and, and to the people that I'm trying to serve. So, so that certainly does make sense. Um, in terms of, in terms of looking at, well, just uh, if, 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 if you would sort of walk me through how you were able to, to make the transition from, from part-time to making this full-time and now to where you are today. Yeah, that's uh, you know something that a lot of people are interested in uh, in general, just kind of making that transition. For me, it was, it was really stressful because I'm someone that's, you know, analytical and, you know, even though like being an entrepreneur and being in real estate requires taking a lot of risks. I think that my natural tendencies are a little bit more risk averse. Um, so for me, it became, you know, kind of like an analytical approach and numbers game. So like I understood, you know, at the time, like how much money I had saved up and I kind of equated that to, well, how, you know, how long can I go without, you know, maybe make, not making the income that I'm looking for um, before I would maybe then have to go back and get a full-time job. So once I felt like I had, enough reserves saved up, I felt like, you know, now's the time I can take the risk. If it doesn't work out in the next six months or so, you know, I can always go back and get that, you know, corporate job. I'll be able to find something. And, and at the time, you know, I was young, I was in my, you know, mid twenties and it was, I didn't have like the financial pressures and financial obligations. I really tried to keep things lean, especially in the beginning years. Um, so I was able to kind of just even though I had, you know, dealt with like anxiety over it, I was just kind of able to take the plunge, just knowing that um, it was the right time for me and that I had kind of built the foundation that allowed me to take that chance. And I also just understood that, um, you know, if it didn't work out, I could always go back to the, the full-time job and then continue with real estate in whatever capacity I was able to at that point. But I knew I lived with, you know, regret and that I wasn't kind of fulfilling, um, you know, ultimately what my goals were by not giving it a chance. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. So being able to to take an analytical approach to it, to be able to have a good understanding of what your cash flows were going to be, do you feel like you were you were in a position where you could actually look out and and and, and forecast everything that you were going to need and 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 that versus just sort of going on feel? Well, I think I kind of just knew like what my monthly expenses were. I understood how much money I had kind of saved up. And then I figured, well, even if, you know, now's the time to, if, if I was ever going to take a chance, like now's the time, you know, I had six months plus of reserves. 
So I knew that like, you know, if things got a little rocky, I'd be able to kind of pivot if I had to. So for me, it was more of like, you know, yeah, looking at my personal situation. I think that's like a big piece of, of being a, an entrepreneur or a small business owner is, you know, the personal is, is kind of married with the business in a lot of ways. So, you know, I kind of have always looked at my personal finances as a business in itself and trying to kind of continue to, you know, drive income there and save and reinvest to kind of allow for more freedoms and more time, you know, throughout the entire process. So for me, it's like always been kind of a stepping stone and you just kind of have to start on day one and just kind of keep going. And, um, you know, just kind of analyzing the numbers at that time, it just felt like the right time to, uh, to take a chance and then just kind of continue to have those principles as you're growing the business and as you're making money for me, it was like, okay, now I have a year's worth of savings. Now I have two years worth of savings. And, Eventually, over time, you know, I felt like I was able to kind of attack some of those, you know, anxiety and insecurities that I had with uh, trying to go full time in my business. I certainly appreciate that. And just sometimes just getting started is is both the hardest and most important thing, right? Yeah, definitely. I think that, um, you know, some of the things that I did early on to find success was, like you said, like kind of taking action, you know, getting out there. And even though you're going to be uncomfortable with certain things like the number one kind of step is going to be to take action and learn and you're going to make mistakes and and for me when I kind of was met against uh, uncomfortable situations I, I kind of leaned again on like my analytical approach like I really tracked everything so you know whether it's my personal finances because I had to have personal financial statements for lenders or you know marketing campaigns where I track each piece of marketing that went out and what the return was I found a lot of comfort in tracking and then kind of, you know, archiving some of those results so that I was able to kind of analytically see the results. Um, and that was just kind of the everyday grind and still to this day, that uh, approach that we take to, um, you know, try to improve the business we're always dealing with. Um, you know, there's always issues, you're always putting out fires, but I kind of keep those principles and try to just get a little bit better every day. How do you think about goal setting, balancing just you know, short-term goals, stuff that you're working on right now and daily activities with then just really long-term goal setting? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So for me with goal setting, uh, it's really helpful for stuff just to have them written down in a place that you're going to see them often. So one thing that we do in our organization at the beginning of every year is put our goals on a sheet of paper and tape them to uh, the front door of our office. I also use a program called Asana, which is great for like to-do lists. So I, I'm referencing that like all the time. Um, but I also have at the top like my goals for the year. I think in general, for me, goal setting is a little bit of, I feel like when it's written down, you're able to kind of track toward it. And then for me, kind of when I hit them, I, I tend to just be the kind of person that likes to then make the goal a little bit further and, and strive a little bit harder for that next step. That, the growth for me is kind of the most rewarding piece. I think that, um, you know, one thing that you know, is important when you're setting goals is to kind of stop and smell the roses every once in a while too. And just like reflect back on the success and the positivity, even in the face of, cause we always like to focus on, on the negatives. But, um, for me, I like to kind of, if I hit a goal, I like to kind of reach a little bit further, reach a little bit further. So, um, it doesn't necessarily for me have to be like, you know, even though I tend to probably set a lot of my goals in the beginning of the year, if I hit, if I hit a goal mid year, like I'll adjust it or tweak it and, and try to kind of go a little bit further. Well, I certainly appreciate, I appreciate everything you just said. I think it's so important to 
and something that I've had to force myself to do even today, every time that, that I achieve any kind of a goal, even if it's a family goal uh, or if it's a business goal, make sure that you do commemorate it and take time to smell the roses, as you said, or, 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 or to celebrate that. Um, I read this really, uh, uh, you know, I, I read it on the Internet, so I don't know if it's actually true or not, but it was from Elon Musk. And he said, you know, why don't you think about trying to accomplish your 10 year goal in 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 one year and even if you fall short i i bet you'll definitely get there and it just reminded me of the importance of giving yourself um what i always call short deadlines and high expectations and just wanted to sort of bounce that off you and 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 get your thoughts yeah i think that's you know you'd be amazed at like what you can accomplish i think uh you know striving for high goals like you said like and and you know i think if you're reaching um, for something that's that, that high and that far out and seems like it's going to be difficult, you're still going to be really happy with the results of where you end up. Um, so I think that that's, you know, great advice. I don't think that you should set your goals to, you know, if you're someone, I think it's based on the person too. So like if you're someone that, you know, is going to write down your goal and but like you're kind of fooling yourself and, you know, you know it's an easy goal to hit, then yeah, I think that you need to be that kind of person that sets that 10-year goal. But I also think there's on the flip side, like people that, are going to really strive for their goal. So it helps to have something that's a little bit achievable so that you feel like you're really making that progress. If you're someone that's going to like adjust your goal as you go. So I think it's a little bit based on kind of specifically how you approach kind of your goal setting. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think that does make sense. Just got to have goals. I think that that's, that, that's certainly a primary thing. So few of us actually do it. So <laughs> yeah, goals, tracking. I mean, you, you know, otherwise you, you lose sight of the successes too. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's, it's easy to get wrapped up. And like I said, you know, you get so consumed with the negatives, what's going wrong, what you could be doing better. But, um, you know, for me, like one thing, you know, just cause I, you know, I actually like, I enjoy the personal finance side as well. And so the fact that I've had to, um, save personal financial statements and have them over the years and can see the growth. Like sometimes if I'm having a bad day, like I'll just reference that just <laughs> to kind of put into perspective, like where we're going and what we're doing and, and what's going on, because it's so easy to get wrapped up in, in the negative and, and to dwell on the negative stuff that's going on around you. Isn't that the truth? All right. So you went from, from, for lack of a better term, this being a side hustle and now, and now you have employees, how is how has that been? Do you have do you have some kind of a do you have a philosophy on on managing? Just walk me through that. Yeah, so I think my biggest philosophy on managing is at the end of the day, like if things aren't going right, like I feel like it falls on on my my plate, and I need to put you know my team in the best place to succeed. I need to give them the best projects and the right amount of workload. I think we have a great team, but at the end of the day, like I need to make sure that I'm setting them up to succeed because just sitting there and um, putting them in the wrong positions and it doesn't matter how great your people are if they're given you know the wrong types in our industry the wrong types of projects or too many projects or you know not or not the right processes and systems in the back end um, then they're not going to be set up for success so I think that when issues come across you know I look at how do we make a process in the system or, or what's the reason that it's really um, happening like that sorry my airpods broke off there you're good. Um, uh, so, so yeah, for me, it's really about uh, making sure again, like my team's in the best position possible, and that they're, um, you know, in a place to succeed. And then I think the other thing that's you know we're learning as we go is just the importance of culture as well. 
Um, so for us, you know, especially in COVID, it's hard to get everyone together and to uh, build the kind of culture and the team events and everything that we were, you know, hoping to really build upon this year. So, you know, it's something as we move into, you know, the next year, like not to, uh, you know, we really have to focus on it. It's like, it's like a task and, you know, making sure that you have a game plan. You can't just, you know, hope for good culture and, and hope that in six months you're going to wake up and everything is going to be rosy. I think it's something where it's like, you need to have a to-do list. You need to have recurring tasks. You need to make sure that you're scheduling those team events, scheduling time to meet with your people one-on-one. And, and I think that that's something that, um, you know, has become more eye-opening to me than I realized would be the case now that we've grown and we have um, eight employees. So it's just kind of learning and understanding people. Oh, I appreciate that. This stuff's not going to happen on its own. So you need to be intentional about it. I love it. Well, Jason, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I think something like we touched about a little bit earlier in the combo, but for me, I think I found the most success just going narrow and deep. So like our focus is really niche. We found, you know, a piece of the market that we could be market leaders in. We're really focused in it. Um, a lot of our projects are within a, you know, a short distance from uptown Charlotte. So I think that if you're getting started in business, you know, trying to find your niche and not have shiny object syndrome where you're going to, um, you know, try to be great at 10 different things. If you can just try to be the best at one thing, um, you know, the, then I think that you're going to find, you know, the most success and people really look to you as a leader in that particular space. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets a come on. Come on. Jason, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Yeah, you can uh, find me, uh, Jason Javer, on um, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, as well as you can uh, find Vista Homes, vistahomesdlt.com. And like you mentioned, um, we have a podcast, Charlotte Entrepreneur Podcast, where we focus on uh, interviewing kind of small biz- small businesses, people that are maybe just getting started, maybe people that have had a ton of success in you know, starting businesses and growing businesses. So kind of a wide range of guests, but kind of all with the purpose of um, just kind of teaching people and understanding kind of the core values and the main points that come out of all the interviews. Love it. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jason your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can learn more about Jason, his website, vistahomesdlt.com. Is that right, Jason? Yep, CLT. CLT, vistahomesclt.com. Find him on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and check out the Charlotte Entrepreneur Podcast as well. Thanks again, Jason. Thanks, George. Appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.